I want to thank Delaney's, the best coffee shop. So oh I love. I'm telling you, right now, you, you got to go, Delaney. I was. Uh, well, they, they know what they're doing. They own a lot of play. The Amp Group. Amp Group, yeah. Nightlife restaurants, weddings. Uh, as you said, they own Delaney's Coffee, but also um, Diesel, Sky Bar, Local. We best, love Local. Best, there, every place you're mentioning, uh, when I moved to Southside, that's the best. If you know, what's, yeah. what's, what's hot around here, and they yeah. name all these places. Yeah, and they get the Steel Cactus over near the uh, couple Unanimous. places, Shadyside and over oh, at PNC Park. Yeah, the local uh, over at near PNC Park as well. Penn Social, Penn Society, which is uh, below 10 Penny. And then Social House 7, which is coming out. Social House 7 is going to be where the old Bossa Nova used to be. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Cool. Okay. So that I can't Another wait for club. that, though. City is hot, man. Right the city now. is hot. The Amp we Group's doing it. And uh, and thanks to Delaney's Coffee for sending it up. Uh, Randy and Dylan down there. Love Delaney's Coffee. And, we, and most of our shows will be from there. Yeah. And we'll let you know when we're there, probably next week sometime. Mm-hmm. When we're there, you can yeah. hopefully stop on by and uh, have a coffee with us, hang out. You're listening to the Pittsburgh Podcast Network. Enjoy the show. Are you already rolling? Yeah, that's all right, though. Larry and I are engineering the show today, by the way. Frank and Wayne had to do something. In a list of my podcasts, I think picking up dry cleaning is higher. So I think they had to pick up dry cleaning. (laughs) (laughs) They couldn't make it. Larry Richard, my buddy Larry, hanging with me. You're like my... uh, Starsky to my hatch or something with this podcast. I'm making you like my regular. You're on. You're gonna. You're gonna be on all the time. You know this is very exciting because you and I have finally come into the 20th century with technology, <laughs> so we can do this. And we're oh, you need the mic. Uh, these are about ten dollars. These mic. You got to put them right up on your. You can't shirt. tell anymore. You, you, can't, you can't tell anymore. <laughs> we will when we listen. We'll be like, where did you get those microphones from? No, I think these are the best microphones money can buy. Bought off Michael Georgie in the strip. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no. It wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> so Larry and I were talking about, uh, I'm going to be doing some traveling to do some stand-up in Los Angeles, so it looks like in March, and, and I said, hey, come on, and your brother, I forget what, your brother is like a talented dude in, in the movies and all that, has a lot, of, a lot of stuff going on, right? So I have three brothers. My oldest was a dentist, but now he owns... Birds on Eight. It's a uh, oh wow, really? Just north of Tom Henry Chevrolet on Route Eight. Yeah. Open up with this uh, gentleman who's in the business. I would have never picked this in a million years. Yeah, How do you go wild. from a dentist uh, to, to owning, owning a burger joint? Is it? A, I got to try this. Birds on Eight, great. You know, I mean, serious. I, you know, you hear John Lennon in the background because that's the way we like to start the show. I'm going to ask the gentleman to turn it down here. We're at the Laney's Coffee Shop, our home here, so we have our coffee. Hold on one second, Larry. Is, is John, I love Len. Len's my guy. I think it's, 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 you think it's too loud? It's, it's just too the loud. 36th anniversary. I think it's coming no, in. It's ambient. Should we keep it on? Yeah. You All can't right. turn Len All right. Down. No, it's true. There's something sacrilegious about 36th that. 36th anniversary. I know. Do you remember where you were? Yes. I was watching the movie The Outlaw Josie Wales with the late Sam Nicotero, Frankie Nicotero, the comedian, yeah. your buddy's dad. Huh. We were watching the Outlaw Josie Wales, and then we played recently. Howard Cosell. It was a Monday night. Was doing the Dolphins Patriots. I was game. watching that game at IUP, and he came on that? and said, the "Unspeakable horror," and uh, that was thirty-six years ago. It's hard to believe thirty-six years ago this week or today, December eighth. Wow, 
that's pretty wild, man. And he, John Lennon's on. And you channeled him. And I channeled one of my idols, one of the greatest. You know what's so sad, as everyone knows? He was in his 40s when he got shot, right? Was he 40 or 40? He was 40. 40? Yeah. He was right at the time, it was right at the time in his life where he was going to make, actually, I believe, it, and I know some Beatles, Beatles fans be mad, I'm a huge Beatles fan though, but I think he would have made his best work. His best work was to come. Because he was older. He was older, experienced more life. And, you know, he had cleaned up his act. He was partying with Harry Nielsen and those guys, and they were just, it was a mess for a while by his own admission, you know, into, uh, you know, partying constantly. I mean, it, it wrecked his family life for a while but then he had seemed to have gotten himself together and as he turned himself personally around it seemed like he was headed in a new direction and we don't ever know we'll never know where that was going to take him but we can assume it would have been good I know I mean you, yeah, you listen to this, you know, some of the songs on Double Fantasy, and you think, oh my God, what would have been next? What would he have come up with next? But I, was, I remember watching, I was at IUP, and I remember watching Monday Night Football, same thing. And they, and they said, they called Howard Cosell, to, to, he was like, the, I think he was the first person, a, a media guy, a person news. to break it. I also heard an interview with Geraldo Rivera, who at the time had become friends with Lennon because. Geraldo's first breakthrough story was a story about how these disabled, mentally challenged people were being abused in New York, and he actually climbed the fence and, and kind of busted this home that was mistreating these individuals. And John Lennon yeah. wrote him a note because John Lennon had seen the story on TV, so he wrote Geraldo a note, and they became friends. And Geraldo oh tells God. the story about him going to Lennon's apartment in New York at the Dakota. Oh, my God. And sometimes it was just him and Lennon. And Lennon would pick up his guitar and say, what do you think of this? And he would play him some licks and then he would play songs. And, you know, you know that's amazing. You know, wait, it gets better. So, Geraldo Rivera, the night Lennon was shot, heard the gunshots from his place. Oh, you're that's kidding me. He lived. I didn't know that. Then he got a call from ABC. John Lennon's been shot. You need to get on this story. And that's how we find out. Oh, my God. But everybody who was around then yeah. kind of remembers what they were doing. What were you doing? You were at IUP? I was at IUP. I was watching Monday Night Football there. And you know what the interesting thing is that the whole story, I don't know why my mind, you know how weird I am. It was such a tragic thing. And, you know, but the thing that, that got me, from the comedic side anyway, is that John Lennon, watching television and writing... Like Geraldo, now think about it. I was thinking, I wonder if he watched like other shows and would write them. Because, you know, he wrote Geraldo. Like, if something, because think about it, he's so powerful, he could watch something on TV, write the person, and they're going to respond. It's John Lennon. And it makes me more angry because we were alive today just to see, could you imagine him writing, you know, Caesar Milan or something? <laughs> Caesar, the way you handled that beagle? Wonderful. Hey, oh right, see, personal notes. Without paper, training without paper. You're a genius. You're a genius. Or like I was a real housewife, a jersey. Teresa, you don't need Joe. Joe's holding your box. Or something. Right? Watch the show. add that to your show. That's pretty funny. I'm telling you. <laughs> he wrote a song for his son, Sean, called Beautiful Boy. Yes. And there's a line in there that I think about all the time. Somebody had 
friend of mine had posted it in their apartment. Yeah. And it said, life is what happens to you while you're busy making other plans. <laughs> Brilliant. Right? That's John Lennon. That's John Lennon. That I, says I it wish I'd have wrote that. I wish I'd have wrote that, too. You know, I like here to do that. Lenin and Don Aaron. <laughs> Imagine Alea. It'd be cold. I heard that uh, in this new tech world, their pants and that is considering, you know, express service delivery. We're doing drones. Dro- drone <laughs> delivery of pants and that. We're doing drones. Ain't exactly drones. This my cousin Chucky's going to, from the truck, going to throw it. Going to throw it at the door. <laughs> It'll fly. So anyway, you were saying you're going out to L.A. to do this show. We do a show in L.A., uh, and uh, your brother, one of your, one of your brothers, so one of your talented Ken, brothers. He's the one with the perks on a place. Then my next brother, Dave, is a camera operator. He's been living out in L.A. for 25 years. He's been in town shooting a Netflix series called Mindhunter, which is about the FBI's first foray into the psychological side of crime. Which is Serial awesome, because like, we love like, like criminal minds, like that. Exactly. Kind of like that. Exactly. It's a new way. New way. this great cast and producer and director. And then I can't wait. my next brother, I yeah. agree, is he drives the talent around. Which is so Steve cool. Carell Some and Brian Cranston right now. Can you imagine? Wait, he, really? Yeah. Oh my God! I got a picture right here of him in Mario's box at the Penguin game with those guys. That is amazing. That's amazing. And my sister, who's younger, she worked at Burbank's post-production studios for eight years until the last big earthquake, and then she got shook up. Yeah, and she moved home back home television production and used to work at a place called The Animal, which developed this down dog series that's going to be coming out on ABC, but they just wrapped the first season. It's pretty wild because your family, all successful in the entertainment business. Right? All all in the entertainment business. Yeah. Because even the burgers now, well, dentists can can be entertaining, and now it's a burger. Well, we used to joke because my mom always wanted to be an actress. Really? It's funny. And my dad sold cars for 40 years, and he ended up being placed as an extra in 14 feature films. Every great salesman has to have some sort of acting, because you can't feel good every day when you're selling, right? You're right. His greatest role was he became typecast as a Pittsburgh police officer. He would dress up. And he looked like an older, like know, an older good police shape. Officer. Yeah, but he yeah. was in good shape. So one day, I forget which movie it was, the casting director came into the catering area where the holding tank for the extras featured extras, and says, "Ken, what are you doing?" And he said, uh, "You haven't been called yet." He said, "No, I'm just standing here all day." She comes back, says, "Oh my God, they thought you were a policeman." <laughs> Or security, I said, Dad, that's your greatest role. <laughs> yeah, you owned it. You can, you owned the whole thing. <laughs> it's know, funny because all he cared about, he couldn't understand. And he, he was a young boy during the depression, so he always cleaned his plate. He couldn't believe they gave him food for free. He said, "You can have anything you want as much as you want." I'm like, "Really, Dad?" He just got alone with me. I love his catering. That's awesome. He loves the catering. That's true. Oh God, that's so funny. But you know. It, it is it's rather phenomenal if you think about it. Your mom and dad have all these entertainment, a lot of the talent, the, the generation that they created, right? Think about this. And you, 
Uh, yourself, you'd never say it. You're humble, but you are unbelievably talented. One of the most talented people I know. In many other facets, besides being a radio personality, and one of the things that always amazed me was that you wrote a movie. Now, some people out there may not know. Some people listening may not know that you I'm wrote sure no a movie. No one knows, and, and I think that's. It is so difficult to do to me. It's just like, a, I mean, I write comedy and skits and things. But sit down and write a movie is rather, I don't know, it's, it's, well, it's pretty amazing. And get it done. And get the movie done and made. Right. How from, the hell do you... A to Z out of the box. How do you do that? It's like a miracle. But there's a backstory. Yeah, I want to hear. That's what we want to hear. A friend of mine, my best friend from high school, his name was Jeff Gardner. Okay. Always wanted to be an actor. He was a handsome guy. He owned an auto body place on, in Bellevue. Yeah. So Russell, he always wanted Russell to be an actor. auto body, right? Yes. And there are a lot of people out there who have talent. Oh, my gosh. And he was, you know, he, he made films in high school that were so good they showed him at the prom as part of the entertainment package. Okay, so he had natural yeah. talent, this guy. He did. Be. And he always wanted to be an actor. So in the summer of 1999, he gets his first role a lead in a sci-fi movie, a B sci-fi movie they're going to shoot in Bourbon, Ohio. I can remember how excited he was. He brought the script. He wanted to do a read-through on the back porch. And my brother Pat was in it, too. Yeah. And this guy named John Moore, who I didn't know, whose dad, Tony, was jazz. Oh, yeah, yeah. Did you tell me something? Yeah, Tony Moore, yeah. Legendary. Exactly. So he goes, do you know John Moore? And I said, no, I know Tony Moore. And he goes, well, this is his son. So eventually I met him, and they had wrote had written a treatment for an idea they had for a film because John's brother operated a stable at the Meadows, so it was about harness racing and this yeah. girl. And it, we created a story out of that. But my friend, Jeff, uh, shot this film and never saw the light of day, unfortunately. Yeah. And then he was killed. Two days after his 42nd birthday, oh my God. at his shop, his auto body shop, when an ambulance fell on him, fell off the jacks and crushed him. And I, how horrible is that? Wow. Four kids. How sad. Two boys, two girls. Oh, my God. And no life insurance. So we kind of collectively pulled our resources, and, and then that turns out things, you know, it's amazing how things work out. These kids today are, are unbelievable. His oldest son is a dentist. His other son is a Air Force pilot, fighter jet pilot. <laughs> wow. Who's now training people on the new F-35. And crazy as Jeff always thought, always wanted to be a fighter pilot. Wow. And then his daughters are doing well. They're married with children. So they're all doing well. His, his wife is just recently remarried to overcome it's, that it's, too. Yeah, it is overcome. right so John Mowat comes to me I did the eulogy at his funeral and he says to me you know we were going to write this film I want you to write it with me and all they had was a treatment I thought maybe it would be therapeutic so we went right. through the process I went out and bought final draft this program that helps you you know format it do the right things yeah. and it went through the process then we pitched it. I flew out to L.A. with uh, John Moad to my brother Dave's house. Sat down with this director, Frank Johnson, who we met. And uh, he, he loved the story. He was trying to do a psychological thriller, R-rated, but the money people wanted a family film. And here, so this is about a have. girl who loses her dad yeah. and becomes a, you know, a, jock. a sulky driver. Salt Meadows. Yeah. There's a lot more to the backstory, but... 
So we ended up, it took years and years and years to get it. It finally was released in 2013 on Elvis Presley's birthday. And the reason I know that is because my friend Jeff was a huge Elvis January 8th? January 9th. 8th. January 8th. January 8th. So, after all that, and he's in the movie because we used his photograph as the the father... And the movie's dedicated to him. So, so you imagine that. Yes. January 8, 2016, heaven. Waterfront. We got the biggest theater, filled it with friends and family, and yeah. had a premiere, and Jeff's family was there. and to saw see him, him in the movie. his dream. He, so, yeah. His dream. So there was more karma involved than, say, yeah. just let's make wow. a movie. That's pretty phenomenal, man. It really is. That's amazing, Larry. I didn't know that whole backstory to it, man. And you know what? I don't want everyone to know. The movie's available, I believe, on, on Netflix, right? It's on Netflix. You can still get it? Yeah, in Voodoo. Because I've, I've seen the movie. It's a great, I thought it's a great family movie. If you want there a family many, movie. Yeah, we didn't really set out to be Mr. Family, but we ended up getting the, the Dove Award, which is a family-friendly saying, you can watch this. You know, we don't have to compete. We can't be Breaking Bad or, you know, and there's a lot of good programs, different appeals. But this one is, is, is it's, just a, it's like a retro family movie, you know? Yeah. It's a good old, good old fashioned movie. Yeah, yeah, you get tearjerker, the whole thing, a little inspiration thing, and the beautiful right? horses. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's got a little, it's a great movie. I recommend everyone trying it out on Netflix. Amazing racer. Also, also, if you want to say hello to me, because everyone's like, how do you contact you know, I, I got an email for you to email me. Uh, it's just jkren, K R E N N, jkren at email.com. Email.com. It's just for you, just for my podcast. Uh, people out there, everyone listen. J, J, just the letter J, and then K R E N N at email.com. So if you want to just email, say hello, comment on the show, say hi to Larry. I want to come guest, with you to LA. LA. Hang out. You're going to come to LA. Yeah, come to LA, man. We'll party. We'll do the podcast from LA. And we'll with Mark Eddy and all my all, all my fun? boys out there and Frankie Nicoteros. You know, I'd love to see Frankie and Greg Nicotero because you know I was with his dad yeah. when John Lennon passed, and since his dad recently passed, I used to every year on December eighth for thirty six years. Yeah. I would contact Sam. Really, we would reach out to each other no matter where we were, what we were doing. Talk about uh, cosmic energy today. That they were recording, hanging out. And Sam remember, and that you and I both love Sam, and there he is. Life together. is what happens to you while you're busy making other plans. <laughs> Isn't that the truth, man? Hey, I want to say uh, happy holidays to everyone out there, and Larry, happy holidays to you. And are you ready for the holiday season? I, I am not. Um, I am and I am not. I should say I. Uh, I got two trees. Two. Know, we have a condo, but I got two trees. I got, I got a four footers. Footers. Two four footers. One real, and, and one fake. <laughs> and, and the thing is, the real one. My cat, Elvis, he is taking it as an insult. Like it was a personal insult because he, knock, he knocks the three wise men down and destroys the manger scene like every morning. Like you get up every morning and it looks like a home invasion on the manger. There's the, the wise men laying there. There's frankincense and myrrh. A trains off the track. The cost of the wise men. And, the, and the, our, my cat's looking at me. He's like, I always, he always say this. He's like ne- Negan from The Walking Dead. If you've watched The Walking Dead, there's the most evil character played by Jeffrey, Jeffrey uh, Dean Moore. And it's a killer character. you got to see it. Just, even if you don't watch The Walking Dead, I, I've watch an episode of this character. My wife's a freak. That's my cat. It's, it's tell tell way, Cindy it's Elvis, my cat. Just for like full that. circle, Brian Nicotero, that's Frankie's cousin, 
Sam's nephew. Is oh Greg, Greg you mean or Greg? I mean, yeah, he, he has a bro- the, he has a brother the, Brian. He has a brother Brian. Greg Nicotero. Greg is a he's the one doing all that stuff. Does all the effects. The Walking Dead. How about that? Which I've told, he's a producer. I, I, I've told you this story, and, I, and, I, and people, everyone listening out there, I know you may know the story. Forgive me, Larry doesn't know the story, so you hang. You know, if you haven't heard it, you know, but some of you have heard the story. But Greg uh, gave me one of the greatest gifts ever. I do this in my act too. So if you see my act out there, you know I do the story because it's a true story, by the way. And I don't know if I've ever told you this, but he gave me the mold from Mark Wahlberg's penis in, in Boogie Nights. Now Greg Nicotero does all the effects. You got the mold. He gave me uh, the actual penis. <laughs> But, but listen, now, there's two the of them. bonus. There's, bo- well, there's two of them he made from the mold. And he had one himself. And, no, so he did not break the mold. So he could have made more. I just want to preface this so people don't cry when I tell you what happened. But he gave me the other penis one day. And, and he said, Jim, I want you to have this. Wow. And this is, if you've seen the movie, it's unbelievable. So, so he hands this to me, and I took it like I was getting a, some kind of, like, some medieval knight. Like they give you some special sword. It's like I'm holding a Stanley Cup or something. I don't know. I'm holding. I'm like, and I literally think I bowed to him. Like, thank you, my, my lord. Thank you for this gift, my lord. I'm not doing But I took it and I said, thank you, Greg. And he goes, yeah. He said, I made these two. I got one. You got one. I said, thank you. Oh my god, I don't know what to say. I'm cradling it. And I bring it home. I tell my wife, my wife said, well, get that out of it. Throw that away. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. What do you mean, first? You don't. You don't know what this is. I know what it is. Junk. I go, no, there's only two of these in the world. I said, Hetty, two of these. And I am going to be on Antique Roadshow one day, and I'm going to make a lot of money in this, and you're going to laugh. Because I pictured that. I pictured like 30 years from now, sitting there, and the guy on Antique Roadshow going, oh my God, there's only two of these in existence, and you have one of them. Two million dollars, Mr. Grant. So what happens is, I put it in a box. I take it out of the box from time to time in the basement. That's where Hetty made me put it. I tried to put it above the fireplace. Wouldn't let it. We take pictures all the time. My buddies that grew up with Kenny, Robert, Tommy, all those guys. We got like probably photo albums of this thing. Like, like I said, once again, like we're ha- like we're holding a Stanley Cup, and they couldn't believe it. They said, "Wow, you have the actual appendage from Boogie Nights." Two years go by. I go downstairs, and the boxes are gone. And Hetty, I got what ha- she threw out. She threw out my. Uh, it's gone. My antique. It's gone. And I go, what did you do? She goes, I don't know. I didn't notice. I, I was cleaning up. I, was, it, was it in there? I'm like, I know you knew. And it was like the lamp in the Christmas story kind of thing. You did know you what I mean? Did you ever tell Greg Nicotero? That's the sad part. Kenny goes, oh, Greg doesn't really care. I go, yeah, you don't understand, Eddie. I think he does. Like, I was attached to this thing. And so you wish. I said to myself, nah, I just not care. But I knew he did. And a year later. I see him at a bachelor party for, for Frank in Las Vegas. Greg's there. Now think about this. It's been a you year. Know, you know it's been thrown away for a year. Well, I'm thinking, he's not going to say anything. So we talk about 10 minutes. This is how long ago he's doing. He's shown me all these special effects he did for Quentin Tarantino. He worked a lot with Quentin. And he had the DVDs at the bachelor party. We're married. We're not there. The other guys are doing the stripper thing. Greg and I are talking movies and he showed me his so we're looking at this thing and stuff and uh, so he looks at me and he goes uh, hey quote how's the penis and I go <laughs> you're thinking do I lie to him or I just, tell him the I truth? know I did I said you're not going to believe this Hetty Hetty threw it away 
was by he, accident. Was he upset? He did not look upset. And he looked at me and he goes, like the professional he is, he said, don't worry, I'll make you another. <laughs> it was about four years ago. I nah. swear to God, I checked the mailbox every day. Guess what? It ain't happening. Every day. I ch- I'll check today. It hasn't, he hasn't made another incentive to me. So I could, it could have been, I think he was hurt. I think he went home and punched a pillow. It could have been somebody. I think he got upset. Why don't you call Frank and see if cousin Greg will put you and I in the walking dead as an extra zombie. We, Larry, we got to get in as a zombie. How do we do this? Let's work them. When we're, Let's ask him. When we're in L.A. in March. Let's do it. We'll ask Frank. We want to be in. We'll put him on the spot. We want to go in. They, they film in Atlanta. We'll fly to Atlanta and do it. I built Frankie's bike on Christmas Eve we'll when he was that. nine years old. We'll use that. We'll oh, use yeah. everything we have. It's finally time to cash in. You know, oh, wait, i got to tell some stories about Now, Larry, you're a buddy of mine who knows. You're a celebrity in your own right, but you have some of the funniest stories. You make me laugh so hard with these celebrity stories. Uh... Your brother-in-law uh, is Dan Marino. Uh, of course, one of the closest friends, Bruno San Martino. <laughs> I love that one story about when you're at that charity event and they all bypass. Uh, I don't want to give away who it was. It's like famous baseball player bypass and said, "Hey, like they yeah, well, they shocked the hell Dan's out of Dan's so me. tall that I look. You know, they, they didn't even look up. <laughs> So was that, what, what, what was it for? Dap- were you at, where were we at? Dapper Dan or something? Was it out of town when this happened? Explain, tell the story. You mean the one where we were at the casino in Freeport in the Bahamas? Where the guy, yes. Where the, yeah, they, they came star up. star you met earlier, they didn't know you knew him or met him. I met, so there was at, at the blackjack table at one point, so it's Dan Marino, LT from the, remember Lawrence Taylor? Downtown Julie Brown. Yeah. Is that the story you're thinking of? It was. I'm trying to think of the player's name. Was it Yastrzemski? Wait, who was it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Carl Yastrzemski. Yes. That was the one. Which, yeah. He, Tell me this one, too. But he yeah, did. Time. Carl Yastrzemski came by at a TV show. And he came on the show right after he retired from baseball. He was a paid spokesperson for the meat council. <laughs> of course, that's so where you go after you're right. And I always heard he was not a pleasant guy to deal with the media. So I'm thinking this guy's probably not going to be real friendly. The opposite was true. He was cool. He played along. You know, he's teaching me how to hold the bat. You know, we had some fun. So just coincidentally, that was in Pittsburgh. Two weeks later, I'm in Florida. And my brother-in-law, Dan, says, let's go play golf at this place called Adios, which is some club. And we go up there, and my partner is Joe Name. That's pretty cool. And he's driving the cart. You're hanging with and Joe Namath. That's he your says, part. He goes, so Larry, uh, do you work for a living or are you just rich? <laughs> oh, and I go, I don't like that. I go, Joe, I work for KDK. He goes, well, that answers both questions. Nice. That's, and it, Joe was as cool as cool could be. Yeah. And Dan was, you know, playing really well. And I, Joe, he could hardly walk at this time before he had his knees replaced. Yeah. He still shot a 76, so I didn't feel that. Oh, my God. Yo. So. We go into the clubhouse after, and we're sitting there, and I get up to go to the men's room. I walk past the bar, and here comes Carl Yastrzemski. And he looks at me and does a double take, and I said, Mr. Yastrzemski, I'm sure you don't. You don't know me, but you did. We just didn't meet. In Pittsburgh, I had a TV show just two weeks ago. He goes, yeah, yeah. I go, my name's Larry. He goes, what are you doing down here? I said, well, my brother-in-law is Dan. We're here. We just finished golfing. He goes, oh, okay. So... But 
five minutes later, he comes walking by the table. And he looks at me and he goes, Larry, how you doing? And he ignores Marino and Nate. Yes, I love this. And, and I stand up. I said, yes, how you doing, my man? And so he didn't say anything to those guys. And he walked on. And my brother-in-law looks at me like, what the? He goes, how do you know him? I said, what, you think you're the only guy that knows guys? Yeah, I got I guys. I roll. I roll with people, oh, yes. too. Yes, yes, we're tight. Come on, Dan. He did me such a big favor. <laughs> to this day, I, I've never told Dan how I knew Carl Yastrzemski. He's probably oh, still wondering. Oh, God. How does he know Carl Yastrzemski? Yeah, what great vibe. What's the Julie, what's the, uh, the LT one at the Bahamas So we go to this, uh, it was poker a crazy, game. crazy night where we got this, some. Um, the guy who syndicated Oprah King, King, King World, Roger King, King oh, Features, okay, wanted Dan to come. Who's going to give him twenty five thousand dollars for his foundation for charity? Okay, if he would just go to the Bahamas on his jet for four hours, wow. gamble and fly awesome. him back. Yeah. So they had two extra seats. So my father in law and I, Dan says, "Why don't you guys come?" Because I don't really, you know. Right. So we went. Well, at one point they roped off an area because this guy was burning. $100 minimum bet on blackjack. And he asked me, aren't you going to play? And I'm like, I don't got that kind of bread. You know? So I look at him like, oh, I'm We're just kind of, I'm getting a sense of the room. You he got goes, a poker machine, I'll play that. A nickel poker he machine. He hands me $1,000 chips. And he goes, well, you're playing now. And I go, oh, well, I couldn't. And he goes, if you don't take them, I'll give them to that guy, some guy walking by. I go, all right, well, now I'm in. You know, I'm focused with somebody else's money. And my father-in-law, after, you know, about 20 minutes, Gives me a forearm in the back. He goes, hey, they're calling you. And I'm like, who? I look up, and there's a rope, and there's people crowding around to see, you know, Dan and Lawrence Taylor and Julie Brown. What are, what are those people doing? And they're going, Larry, Larry, we're in Freeport in the Bahamas. And I'm going, what the heck? And again, my brother-in-law is like, what is going on? It turns out it was a roofer convention. <laughs> And there were Pittsburgh. there were a bunch of Pittsburghers. Oh, that's the greatest, so they recognized man. me. They recognized the other guys, but they could, they felt like they could say, "Hey, Larry." Yeah, that's so, even better, though, isn't so, it? Again, that's Dan's like, better. "Are you kidding me?" <laughs> oh God, man! That's why we love Pittsburgh, man. Pittsburgh. There is a everywhere. And everywhere there's a connection. There's a connection in our city everywhere. Bro. Whether it's zombies on The Walking Dead or yep. or in the bombs playing roll in the bombs. hand in blackjack, buddy. Oh man, what a, you know you get you've got to meet so many interesting people and, and a lot of us do a lot of the charity work you do more charity work than anyone I know. Um, Bruno San Martino, some of the guys you met along the way, who was an idol of mine. You know, as a kid, just from not only his wrestling, but his character, man. I remember my grandmother and I watching him on studio wrestling, and she knew that was, you know, Grandma was smart. She always got me with role models and, you know, got me into the church, Catholic church and all that. Because Grandma, you know, they're, they're, these women in that era were so busy, I think, having, like, they had so many kids and they didn't have the automation they had now working. So they had these, uh, I think, leaned toward role models and different structure, you know, to help raise, to help them take to alleviate some of And my mom and everybody did the same. And, but, like, Bruno, like me, was, was uh, your idol also, I'm sure, growing up. And you became real close friends with him and I met him also through yeah and it's it's another connection through you know another connection so yeah me and my three brothers always we wanted to be Bruno San Martino we're kids I can remember my mom coming out Saturday night 
and she'd call us in because studio wrestling was about to start. Bill Cardell, ringside Rosie, jumping Johnny DeFazio. <laughs> oh, I went to the arena to watch a cage match. Right. George Steele. You know, San Martino's coming on, and she yeah. bought... Bigger than life. Chips right? and French onion dip. That was... Oh, and right. those seven-ounce Cokes. Oh, I can go for that right now. <laughs> I still love it. That's my that's my go-to I snack. Still, I still love it. That's a go-to Pittsburgh <laughs> snack, man. So... That's funny. We'd come in, watch the show, never dreaming in my wildest imagination that someday I would meet Bruno. And then I had a TV show, and the producer says, we got Bruno San Martino coming on. I'm like, great. I told my father-in-law, and he goes, I went to school with Bruno in Oakland. When he moved from Italy, they were classmates. So Mr. Marino and Bruno San Martino were classmates. What gets better? turns out Mr. Marino's father, grandfather, family comes from the same town that Bruno came from in Italy on the mountaintop in Abruzzo called Pizza Parada. So when he came, he would come talk to his grandfather. Okay, so he tells this story about the Nazis attacking their village and they're hiding deeper in the mountains for 14 months. His mother is his hero. She would sneak back into the town with officers, Nazi officers sleeping upstairs in their house, she would sneak into their own house to steal her own food, like stored potatoes and stuff, Jeez. and she would walk to live twenty four to survive. I mean we're talking she could So Bruno shot at any is step. a little boy. He gets rheumatic fever. He almost didn't make it off the mountain. He lives through all of that. He's so sick they won't let him come to America. I mean it's just this unbelievable story, right? So I said someday we're gonna tell this story. But sure enough, 20 years later, we you know end up going to Italy, and he retraces his steps and tells us the story, and now it's going to be a documentary that's going to be released next year. Oh my God, I can't. You gotta yeah, come back on. We'll get the and dates when people can get it. Three I years ago, listening, want to see it. He finally, after 27 years, yeah. him and Vince McMahon, yeah. WWE were at odds. Mended fences. They mended, so he was inducted into their Hall of Fame in New York City in Madison Square Garden. He sold out Madison Square Garden as the headliner. Yeah, you could appreciate this as a headliner yeah. in comedy 187 times. The next. Closest is Elton John at wow. like 43. So, wow. That's amazing. Guess who comes in the dressing room? So, Arnold Schwarzenegger flies in to do his induction speech. Okay. And you know who keeps coming in? Donald Trump. Oh, you're kidding. No. Into the dressing room. To meet Bruno. You are tremendous, terrific, wonderful. That's wonderful, what he did. Jimmy, great, it's true. Great, 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 great. All great, great, the people great. you've seen this year, he yes. brought in his kids. George Steele, disaster, disaster. George Steele's a disaster. <laughs> wow. That's awesome. Yeah. And so I joked when Trump was elected, I called Bruno. I said, You're never going to believe this. He goes, What? Because Bruno's very literal, he's a man of his word. If he tells you something, that's how it's going to be. He expects the same in return. Oh, yes. Unfortunately, he's disappointed quite a bit because other people don't act quite as, uh, you know, as... Uh, to their word, kind of, people. Yeah, are, I mean, he's, he's, he's so the man of character. He really yeah. sticks to his, his hand. You, you ever, you've heard the saying, you know, my handshake is my bond, all yes, that stuff. Yes, my is. word is my bond. Yes. That's Bruno. So I told him, Bruno, did you hear what happened? He goes, what? I said... Donald Trump has just named you as Secretary of Defense. <laughs> he had to pause you're, it now. You're not, as you know, for a second, it could be for true. A split sec- it could be. For one second. I got Bruno here. Do your... Bruno's, who's, Bruno Schimitino, no defendants like Bruno Schimitino. That's the guy. 
the guy, he did it old school. He didn't need anything. He just did it on his bare hands. That's how Chevy did his hands. He's right there. He's, he's could huge. Happen. He's huge. It could happen. He's huge. Larry Richard, he's Secretary Treasurer. That's my guy. Love Larry. A good man. Good I, man. I could see Bruno being invited to the White House for real at some point because Donald Trump's that much of And he really was. So Donald Trump's the... Maybe as a kid watched him. Is that what it was oh, yeah, at the, 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 the uh, Madison Square Garden? He brings this guy in. That's amazing. He goes, Bruno, I want you to meet the man that moves most of the money in Manhattan. He's the president of Deutsche Bank. And Bruno goes, it's Deutsche Bank. Wow. And it's amazing that it's a Donald Trump. Big fan of Bruno. Fan of Big fan. Can we tag along? We're going to the Lincoln bedroom. I want to tag along. That's what I, mean. I want to stay at the White House. I'll go up with Bruno. That'd be cool. Let me go. I want to go into the White House theater with Bruno to watch the documentary. That's bad. That's what we'll do. That's the goal. Let's do it. You're the, coming. I'm coming. We're gonna do it. We're gonna call, and we'll just. I'm. You're we'll coming. We'll go in, and I'm. And I'm. We'll goal set it up. Is I'm gonna lean over uh, President Trump. Because he'll be president then. You know, but I respect. I respect the office. Lean over. And go. It was wonderful. It was a magnificent <laughs> movie. Magnificent. Popcorn. Popcorn. Tremendous. Work. Tremendous. Really, really good stuff. But uh, I, that's that is amazing, man. The people you've met in your life. Uh, it's now being in radio all the years you've been in radio. I gotta ask you this question: What is the weirdest stunt you've ever had to do? We all have had to do some kind of promotion, some kind of weird stunt. Mine was bungee jumping in Station Square. Did you I really did, do it? Yeah, I, had to, I didn't understand what it was. He said bungee jumping. I, I remember seeing like a you know TV Mountain Dew commercial, people bungee jumping and stuff in water and it looked so fun and I said yeah I didn't know but this was on like a crane it was some kind of crazy carnival person that, that bought ads or something and, I, and I'm bungee and I thought you know oh god it's going to be over but I couldn't back out because they had like hundreds of people were there watching and we've done a it's lot my of first year on stuff in the air well, what about you? you know jello jump jello jump yeah, yeah I didn't I do that slide I missed into that one. A, literally a giant vat of jello <laughs> what was that all about? for for, for uh I forget which charity it was. Oh, for. okay, it's charity set. Yeah, so people would pay to have you <laughs> do jello. jump oh, okay. into the jello. And then uh, throwing on Secretary's Day, we had up on a fireman's big crane throwing, uh, at that point, typewriters, so people don't have them anymore. Stuff like that. And, you know, Stupid it, stuff. And the greatest thing is, we always say this, Larry, we really mean it, both of us. I just love our. And I think that's why we were able to do it for a long time. You're still obviously on top of your game, still morning radio. Uh, but I just love those listeners, man. The people, they're just great people. We were, it's a privilege, isn't it? I always said that in a minute. It's a privilege to connect with those people. Well, just on, wonderful you, you people. You and I spent a lot of time waking up Pittsburgh. Yeah, man. And you know what? Great. I always it's think about somebody getting up, doing their thing, yeah. put in the radio. You want to be something fun to look forward to, informative in my case. And, and, uh, you know, I grew up listening to Jack Bogan back in the day. Yep. I'd sit there. My parents would listen to the radio in the kitchen. They'd do the crossword puzzle and have their coffee. And never in my wildest dreams did I think that I'd be that guy someday, you know? Yeah. Oh, I know. Exactly. Well, you know, I'm on a talent show at the community college. And... Oh, yours went off now. Yeah, because somebody called okay. me. <laughs> well, Larry and I don't have a recording on the phone. But, but, um, but I remember at community college, uh, I won a contest, and the judges were O'Brien and Gary. And, and I got to go on the show. 
to sit and watch them do the trick. Just sit in the audience, like a like a. How it, cool was that? I loved it, and I got I kind of got the bug I, in the back of my mind. I said, "Wow, I'd love to do that. It'd be cool to do one day." And then I went on the road for like six years, and the roundabout way ended up doing it. But I do remember them being those guys being really neat, nice, and they I was were a big fan guys. of those guys. I knew them very well. I worked. I know you. That's I filled in for them. They were. I thought they were brilliant. Right. This is O'Brien. This is Garrett. <laughs> Here, little Jimmy, touch these two wires together. <laughs> the greatest. <laughs> you were the greatest, man. You worked with all those the characters, Macho. brother. You worked with, like, Paul an era. Long. Paul Long. Joe. Joe DiNardo. Joe boy, Joe, Joe was the greatest. I love him. And, and Paul Long, man, he was, him and Joe, he and Joe, that was old school, man. That, those, that, that will never happen again, those characters like that. Because they had some power, man. They wielded some power. They could do some things. Well, no, the management could they mess made with a lot them. Of money too. They made a lot of money too. Paul Longo, man, he was a character. You told me a story about him with, I guess, he, did he fly, crash a plane or something like that? And yeah, in, 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 uh, tell this story. He landed in somebody's backyard in, somebody's in backyard. and then he went up, knocked on the door, and he said, "Excuse me, madam, may I use your phone?" Madam. Yeah, out of nowhere. You remember, he's on the news every night. He crash landed his plane. <laughs> Crazy. Excuse me, madam. How did he crash land? Is it just out of, out of, didn't it run out of fuel or something? Yeah. Something? <laughs> Don't tell him. I you got to check the fuel. <laughs> oh, God, man. But, that, but those guys, man, that, this, this day and age, that could never happen, the way those guys wielded their power, I guess I should say. Yeah, they made this day and age because of the social and media everybody and stuff. Everybody knew who they were. There were only three stations. Yeah. So if you were on any of the stations and, you know, Channel 4 and uh, KDK at that point, they were powerhouses on TV. And then Joe DiNardo was Trump Channel in those days walking around. Along, you know, there were a lot of great characters. Oh, God. We I made worked it. with a lot of them. Bill Burns, Patty Burns. Well, their character, they were so big. I remember the song Patty Burns My Eyes. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Remember yes, that? I do. Yeah, yeah, I got to meet Patty, too. It was just, imagine now Patty Burns and her father, Bill Burns. He did a noon news show that, till this day, I think is the highest recorded in the nation. Yep. People watching. They had a 71 share at one point, <laughs> meaning to our podcast audience. That means 71 people out of 100 who had their televisions on were watching Daddy and Daddy. That's what they call it, right? Daddy and Daddy. So you can imagine the juice that they had come contract time. Monsters. And now everything's so splintered because there's so many different diversions for people's attention. Right. In the corporate thing is where they own all the stations now. It's so split up. So... You take three networks and their affiliates, in this case in town, and those were the major players on TV. That was it. That was all. Yeah. Now you can get 500 channels, plus you can go to the website on your TV and stream, live stream shows or YouTube or podcasts. In, in, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's great. It's good and bad, I guess. It's yeah, good and bad. If, if you're getting a million hits, that's good. Yeah. If you're not, it's bad. <laughs> but, it, yes, I like I, I like the change. I know a lot of people don't like the change of, of, of things, the media and everything. But I don't like it. You know I, I think I think it's evolving. I think you it always evolves into something better. Or the world's going to blow by you. That's like the guy who made the best wagon. That's your John Lennon line right there. 
right there. It's good. You better change it. The world's going to blow by you. There's your album. There's your song. I like it. I'm thinking, though, at some point, Jim, there was a guy who made the best wagon wheels in the world. Yeah. And the guys are telling him, uh, you better change up because now they're starting cars are coming down the street and they got rubber wheels and they're like yeah but i make the best wagon wheels i got the okay, wheel. at got some point you're gonna it's not gonna matter wheel. yeah so you better and the he, only constant is change better if he never changed that poor guy lost all his customers you know he's he became a hipster and opened a retro wagon wheel shop and made a big comeback years later you got <laughs> you got to embrace change brother you're gonna be a sad character it, it's true it, it, and the, but the change has been good man that's why we're able to sit in a coffee shop now and do a podcast with you know yeah, I'm an idiot cool. I mean for me to be able to figure out how to plug things around in. the world from Delaney's from Delaney's all over the world and we I do love when you come up and say hello and thank you to everyone who does come and say hi and if they listen to the podcast and see me out about say hi and don't forget to email jkren at email.com and anything you want say hello come down and hang out with us at Delaney's uh, Larry, you're you're gonna come on a lot, right? I mean, you're gonna be more, you're my you're like my semi regular. I guess well, when you're not busy, I get you, you get you to come know, by, right? I appreciate. I've always Love appreciated Larry, your man. humor. It was nice that my man. We had a chance to work together a little bit after all the time of knowing each other from yeah, the distance. It was an awesome time. But man. I always well, knew you were a good guy. <coughs> we're, well, we're working together now. It's awesome. Our first gig <coughs> was we did the red carpet interviews for the chief. Yep. Remember oh, we interviewed God. Thomas Tall, yes, Arjuni the second, yep. Franco Harris. Pretty amazing, man. Pretty cool. Hey, I think we got a nice little thing. We just keep working together. What do you think? Let's go to L.A. Let's keep rolling. See see if we can get on to Walking Dead as extras. All right, we'll keep it everyone posted on that. I promise you. I promise you. Everybody, uh, happy holidays. Have a great time. Fun time shopping. Uh, Look out for me. Shop. Look out for Lou, my mom. My mom's an intense shopper, man. Lou, 80-year-old, man. He's all fired up. So he's having two Dr. Pepper and two cigarettes for breakfast every morning. Goes out and shops. Really dangerous stuff, man. I understand. Stay out of her way. And <laughs> we'll talk to you. Talk to you soon. I'll talk to you before Christmas. I'm sure everyone have a great. Larry, Richard, KDKA, every morning, my man Larry, and on the show, of course, whenever I can get him. Thanks, I appreciate it. Thanks, Jimmy. And don't forget, get your drone delivery for pants and that. <laughs> We are at the Ladies Coffee Shop, Jim Grant, no restrictions. And Dave, Frank, and Wayne and myself say thank you for listening. Take care. This is John and Craig, and we are from the Jagoff Podcast, the only podcast all about Pittsburgh. Check it out on PittsburghPodcastNetwork.com. Thanks for listening to the Pittsburgh Podcast Network. Check us out at PittsburghPodcastNetwork.com. Thanks for listening.